We're in 1 John chapter 3. I'll read a portion, and uh, then we'll pray. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Let's pray. Father, I know it's only a few verses, but it's overwhelming in its implication. And I am in over my skis. But what's new? So, Father, I pray that you would, you know, prepare our hearts to receive Spirit of God, take your place as teacher. The deep calleth in the deep. Uh, There's a place I can't go. I've always recognized it. If anything is going to happen today for our good, for your glory, it's going to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, take your place as teacher. Now, we ask it in in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Yeah, it's three verses, but... You know, I could take any part of any one of these verses and fill it up with a month of Sundays. So we're really got a lot, you know, even though it's just not a lot of verses. Behold, now you don't talk like that. It's an old word. We say, hey, check this out. Or I say, peep this, you know, or something like that. And you didn't get up this morning. Your wife, you know, cooked you breakfast. Behold, eggs, she said. She probably didn't say it. It would be a little bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good word, but it just means, hey, check this out. And now he's, he's bringing something to our attention for us to look at. What's he bringing to our attention? What manner of love, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? What manner of love is like, it's a phrase that means kind of foreign to us. You remember when they're in the boat, Jesus quieting the storm? What manner of man is this? It's, and it means kind of like, he's not from around here. And it really means that. He must be from away, we say, right? Don't say that. I, I hate that. It's just dumb. You can't, you don't have any, you don't have any claim over where you were born. You know what I mean? We, we brag about it like, like, like we chose it or something. And my thinking is like, have you figured out Maine's a great place to live and you came and you joined us? Hey, that's great. Oh, you're from away. Well, this is what that means. Like, you're from away. You're, 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 you're not from around here. Who, who does that? Who, who talks to the storm and it obeys him? What manner of man is this? Well, he's taking that. And you remember, uh, John had used that in the gospel as well, but now he's taking that and he's talking about what manner of love it, it, it's, it's void of adjectives in the sense of like, man, this love is colossal. No, it's bigger than colossal. It's, 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 it's crazy love. No, it's past crazy. It's, it's, and I don't, you know, I say crazy and you think like, you call somebody crazy. That's not, no, you know what I mean because we, we talk about something being crazy good or crazy this or crazy. And we're talking about like superlative, way beyond. What manner of love is this? Now, God loves us. 
if we could get hold of that, you know, um, we have negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative emotions in our life. Fear being the worst of the bunch. If you're fearful and you live with dread and anxiety, you're decreasing your lifespan. You know that. It's just so. I didn't make it so. Any doctor worth his salt will tell you that. Negative emotions lead to negative health. Um, you know, despair and dread. Um, uh, uh, um, what's the... Oh, I can't even... My brain's not working so good this morning. Uh, when you're really like... Um, I, I, the world's going to cl- collapse and I'm, we're all going to die and that, like, and then you're really down and, like, past depression. Depression's like that. Um, um, okay, and, of course, you know, you think, well, you haven't said bitterness yet, and that's one you always, well, bitterness, it's not the worst, but it's certainly life-shortening. Um, envy, lust, all these things are shortening. I'm not talking about lust acted out. I'm talking about lust, just having the idea of lust. That's not... Making your life longer, that's making your life shorter. And all these negative emotions are cured by love. And if you think it all the way through, you say, wait a second, how is fear overcome by love? Well, God loves us, and He's big. And he's very strong. And he knows how many hairs you have on your head. You think like the bad guy, the boogeyman's going to get you? If you had like a bodyguard who was like, you know, like Chuck Norris tough, if there is such a thing, right? And I mean, who's not Chuck Norris? Let's say he's like Chuck, Chuck Norris is your bodyguard. I mean, back when he was like Texas Ranger guy. He's like, I think he's like a million and seven now, but he's still tough. I still don't want to tangle with him. But he's your bodyguard. And he knows, and he's got weapons, and he, and he knows, and he's dedicated to keeping you alive. Well, you might know this. One of the cows, hey, God's tougher than Chuck Norris. Okay, he, and God is like, so you understand the love of God and fear just melts away. If you, you know, here's the thing about love of God. He'll love us and we're not always benefiting from that in the sense of we're letting God's love in or we're thinking about it or we're embracing it. We live with like a negative all the time because we don't think about it, we don't appreciate it, we don't accept and we don't embrace the love of God. Well, just think about that just for a minute. That's many of our problems. I have an idea someday on Judgment Day. He's going to say, did you believe that I loved you? Because that's the end result of so many things. What kind of love is this? It's not from around here. Because here's the thing about the love of God. It's unconditional. And all the love you've ever known is conditional. It all is. Uh, parents' love comes about the closest. But you know, you... you your mom and dad like dangled a carrot. If you clean up your room, we'll do this. And we kind of equated it with like blessings for obedience, cursing and mayhem if we cross them. God loves us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We spit on him, we hurled insults at him, we, we pulled out his beard, we scourged him. We, we nail them to a tree, and he, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
It's, it's incredible love. It's, like I say, it's beyond adjectives. You try to describe this love, you're going to run out of words. I don't care if you're a wordsmith, you're going to run out of words really quick. It's, it's an incredible love. It's what manner of love? It's not the love that's from around here. Now, the Father hath bestowed it on us. Now, that's, that's another problem. We don't understand. Because, like, religion, if you're brought up in a religious tradition, I was brought up in a religious tradition. My wife was brought up in a religious tradition. I was Catholic, she was Methodist, and we had the same one, you know, Catholic and Protestant. You think, well, those are opposites. Not so much. Uh, I believe that if I did certain things and abstained from other things, and Suze believed if she did certain things and abstained from other things, that God would love us. We, we believe that. Religion feeds you that idea. And the Bible says, what are you talking about? God loves you quite independent of your activities. What can separate us from love of God? You know, Romans chapter 8, and we should probably go there. One, because I can't quote it. And two, because I want us to show, one, he gave us this love, one, before the foundation of the earth. Then we appeared, right? We showed up. And he loved us in, in our sin, in our rebellion, in our fallenness, in our, we didn't care about him. We didn't regard him. And when we thought about him, we thought he was some cosmic killjoy in the sky to come and rain on all our fun. We didn't follow him. We didn't, we didn't and he loved us then. In our rebellion, in our wickedness, in our choosing sin over him, he loved us. Well, what's going to separate us from the love of God? I'll get there. What shall we say to these things in verse 31? If God be for us, who can be against us? He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen, even who is at the right hand of God, also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This unconditional, this incredible love. Who's going who's gonna to take it away from us? Who's going who's gonna to come and steal it? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine... Or nakedness, or peril, or sword? <laughs> no. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. So when God loves us, that means root beer and Skittles, every day is a holiday, every meal is a banquet, nothing but good things. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Hey, listen, I'm not signing up. I'm staying outside the love of God. It doesn't sound really good. Well, you're going to have all these things anyway. The only question is, like, if you're saved, you know what's going to happen? Somebody you love dearly is going to die. If you're unsaved, you know what's going to happen? Someone you love dearly is going to die. It's a fallen world and death happens. The only difference is, for those who don't know God, they have no place to turn. They, have, they, they, they look at death and they scratch their heads and say, what's this all about? And they wail, never going to see him or her again. We say, see in the morning. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or perilous sword is written for thy sake. We kill all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So the love of God has a, a payoff. What is it? More than conquerors. Hooper, Nike. Hooper, super. 
right? That's, you, it almost bleeds through into the English. We're super conquerors, Nike, like, you know, your sneakers, Nike, the goddess of conquest. We're super conquerors. That's what this love does. Sword, ain't nothing. tribulation, distress, ain't, ain't nothing but a thing. For I'm persuaded, by the way, Paul, I've been saved for a long time now, and I'm persuaded too. Are you persuaded about this? Paul is, I'm persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good place for an amen. Thank you. Nothing. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Adam, isn't everyone sons of God? Alan Jackson thinks so. I'm not picking on him. He's probably a lovely man. You know, we're all God's children. No, Al, you may be a gazillionaire, and you may be do country western well, though it's arguable anyone does country western well. But anyway, beyond all that, I, but I, I digress. Here's the problem. That's not, he's not a good theologian. And I know he sings God bless, not God bless, um, um, God bless the USA, and he does some gospel and stuff like this. He should learn the Bible before he goes off singing. Does he know that, like, no, we're not all. And that, a lot of people think that. Oh, we're all God's children. What verse are you looking at? I'm looking at this verse in verse 10 of the same chapter. And this, the children of God are manifesting the children of the devil. <laughs> we have both. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you're of your father the devil. What makes you think God's your father? You're not born again. We're born again into the family of God. A, na a natural birth? Oy, oy hey, you've seen this. I don't even have, you're bright people. I don't even have to prove this. You've seen a little kid throw a hissy fit that if he had a machine gun, you know you'd be dead. They throw those crazy like, ah, and just, well, they're little kids. They don't know any better. They, when they do know better. So I got, I got a kid in my house, and not right now. They're the youngest one, 38 or 9 or something. But him and his brother, they had like cookie crumbs all over their face. Did you steal that cookie? No. Who taught him to do that? I didn't teach them the lie. But they learned how. They were, they were fighting over different things, little toys and stuff like that. Who, who taught them to be greedy? I didn't. I taught him, hey, play nice with your brother, you know, and they were fighting and may what, 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 who taught them this? If you let the kid to his own devices and never told him no, or at any time ever crossed him and told him right from wrong, they would, it's only a matter of time before they're going to end up in, in jail or something. I always tell you, people don't tell the kids no. Their parole officer will tell them no. So they'll get the message. It's just going to be too late. You know, we have to bring up these little, midget demons who are in our house and we have to teach them right from you know that because why because they're born into sin they're in the, they have that fallen nature that adam gave us thanks dad my dad did it to me i did it to my children we gave them that fallen nature and we had to teach them we had to show them redemption we had to teach them about god and no we're not all god's children that's just a no that's just Theologically, that's wrong. But we know this. Uh, we have an online audience, too, and they should know it. So, you know, if anyone downloads this and they're thinking, yeah, we're all God's children, aren't we? No. 
No. There's not even one verse in the Bible that says that. We come become God's children through the new birth. We're not God's natural children. We're his, his we're not his biological children, if we can put it that way. We're his we're his children, but it's 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 by virtue virtue of the new birth birth. We're his adopted children. Uh, God hath bestowed this great love on us that we should be called the sons of God. No, what's up with that? He could love us and just redeem us. Just save us, say, okay, you're not going to heaven. You're not going to hell. Cool, thanks. Wouldn't that be good enough? Oh, I, and I'll tell you a story before. So you're, you're on death row. You're gonna, you're gonna, they're going to strap you in an electric chair, flip the switch, and light up your life in a way that you do not want. And you did it, and you're guilty. And you're just praying for a call from the governor. Stay of execution. It's not because you didn't do it. You did it. We all know you did it. I did it. We're, and, and the call doesn't come. The governor shows up. He puts his son in the electric chair because there's justice. Somebody has to die for what happened. And he, he sacrifices his own son. He takes you and he adopts you into his family. Now you live in the governor's mansion. You have ser- staff of servants and you get adopted by the governor, you're his heir, and he's a very wealthy man. What? Who does that? That's crazy love. That's, that, we don't even, you know what? It's, what manner of love is that? Hey, from around here love. That's, that's, a different, that's a different world kind of love. This is what God has done for us. He's made us his children. He could have redeemed us and not made us his children. I, I just think this is like, beyond what, you know, you think about it, and your little mind just takes a... a, a and, and we can't help, but there's got to be grateful at some point. The world, well, they can't really figure that out, and they can't figure us out, but they could never figure out Jesus. Uh, the world knoweth, doesn't recognize us, knoweth us not, because it knew him not. It doesn't recognize us, it didn't recognize him. John chapter 1, we'll go there. Same author, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, you're bright people again. John chapter 1. And this is worth knowing. This is just, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Now we know the world Word is going to come into the world, and it's Jesus Christ. So this is talking that Jesus Christ was the creator, but we know. It says the same in Colossians. It says the same as Jesus Christ the creator in the book of Hebrews. It says it several places. Um, so, you know, we know this. Um, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Now, he could have gave us life without us being his children. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. And boy, the, 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 the darkness comprehendeth it not is true, but that's not exactly what it means. It means they have not overpowered it. It says comprehended in the King James. Apprehended is probably better there. Now there was a man from God whose name was John. John the Baptist is talking about the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Look, verse 10, he was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that were very religious. I mean, uh, even the one that behaved. No, I, I mean, even to them that believe on his name. So it's not religion at all. We know that. He gave us right to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. You don't look like the son of God, frankly. You don't look like the daughter of God. Some of you, I mean, you have a very godly presence in your life. I've seen that. But we walk, we walk down the street and people say, there goes a man of God. He must be a son of the gods. Or They don't, they don't say that eh, about you, about me, very, you know, honestly, very often. But we are, but they don't recognize us. How come they don't recognize us? How come they don't know better? They, they don't know him. They don't know us. They didn't recognize him. They're not going to recognize us. It says so. Alan Jackson included. By the way, don't send me emails or nothing like that. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike him per se. I mean, I really, really don't. I don't, I don't know any Alan Jackson music. I don't. Like I say, he's probably a very lovely man. Theologically, he's in with a lot of people. We're all children of God. Sorry. No. The world doesn't recognize us. But it didn't recognize him. Beloved, now we are, now are we the sons of God. Now. No, when you die and you go to heaven, then you, no. No, 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 no. That adoption happens at, at new birth. So we're born again into the family of God now. And, and the scripture is very clear on this. Now we are the sons, and by the way, daughters. You, you realize he's not talking just specifically about men. That's, he's using, I think, sons like we use the word you know, man shorthand for mankind. Mankind is gender neutral, right? I mean, not gender specific is probably a better way to say that. He's saying sons here, and he's, he's talking about sons and daughters. Now we are the sons and daughters of God. It, but it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. Well, how do you, what do you mean? You don't know all that entails. Let me tell you about it, but I'd have to have somebody tell me because I don't know all that entails. And Paul writes to us and he says, I have not seen nor hath ear heard, nor hath entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. What is that? So we're going to be on some cloud, right? We're going to have these little tiny wings that are not going to really bear our weight and we'll be able to fly anywhere really interesting. So, you know, you become an angel, right? And you're on this cloud and you got a harp, right? What are you talking about? Because I've heard people say this and I've heard people actually, you know, if you're there forever, you're going to have infinite conversations with in, infinite people. You're going to learn infinite languages, learn infinite, learn how to play infinite musical instruments. And after a while, it's just ho-hum, infinite. You've had all the interesting conversations, all the interesting people. One, you don't know what you're talking about. But nobody knows. And I wouldn't worry about that. I thought, you know, the Bible says that right hand are joys evermore. He knows how to bless us now. And you haven't factored in. There might be interesting people you could have a conversation with. That's fine. You haven't factored in as God. He's infinite. I think like we're ever learning, we're ever getting closer to God, ever worshiping him perfect, more perfectly, better. We're getting to know him better. And then at some point, like we're going to be there like 18 gazillion years, billions and zillions and trillions. Say, I don't know him at all. He is so past my finding out. Don't worry. Okay, you're not gonna, 
yeah, in heaven, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to have this really dull time thing. Like, yeah, can I go to hell? This is really sad. I, no, <laughs> no, no. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Is this the second coming or is this the coming for his church? Well, I don't know. I think it's his coming for his church in this sense. So we're going to be like him. Like how? Well, we're like him a lot now. We're creating his image. It's a fallen image, but it's still an image. And a lot of things, you know, that we know about God, we can know them by who we are, the, the people who are creating his image. But beyond all that, when he appears, I mean, think about this. You have problems now with, like, fear. You have problems with fear? Thank you. <laughs> Good, we get one honest people. I mean, me, me, Cheryl, we have problems with fear. All the rest of you guys are fearless. That's great. No, you're not, but you don't, you, I know how you are. You just don't want to. If I say raise your hand, you never, I know, I know, right? But we all struggle with fear, right? You're going to be fearless when Jesus shows up? We're going to be up in the ionosphere, hurtling through the clouds at tremendous speeds. Well, I'm going to get a nosebleed. No, you won't. Well, I'm, a, I'm afraid of heights. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're automatically, like in a, in a twinkling of an eye, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You're just, all your fears left in that old whatever right on earth. Lust? No, people don't walk around heaven lusting. Jealousy? You have, he gave us all things. Won't he freely with Jesus give us all things? I mean, what do you, what do you be jealous of? You, you have everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's not. Like, it's plenty to go around. You know what I mean? It's not like it, so. Jealousy's behind. Lust is behind. Envy's behind. Hatred's behind. Racism is behind. Inadequate housing is a thing of the past. No matter what we can look at life and say, this isn't quite like it should be. It's 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 in heaven. That's that's a, that's a thing of the past. It hasn't. I'm sorry about that. It, we, it hasn't yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, and I think his appearing, I think is him coming, because you know, uh, the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, as it says in Titus, that is for the church. That, that The blessed hope and glorious appearing is the same thing, and that word appearing, I think it always uses that. It it's, points us to the, the rapture. So what happens? We hear a trumpet blast. I think I will hear Adam come up here. I think you'll hear your own name. Boom, we'll be in the presence of the Lord changed. This body won't do really good in, in way up high. It, it, it doesn't. You would have a nosebleed, but it's a new body, a resurrected body. Say, resurrected me, i got to die. No. The, 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 we got we got to put on that, that incorruptible body in, in 1 Corinthians 15 as much on this. And we're going to be like him. Uh, we know that when he appears, we're going to be like him. What's like him? Remember after the resurrection, you could walk through walls and stuff like that? Just vanished out of their midst? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. We shall be like him. We shall see him as as he is. Is there a payoff for all that? Every man that hath this hope, what hope? The blessed hope and glorious appearing. I mean, it's all tied together. Every man that has hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. We're headed somewhere, and this has a purifying effect. Well, it does in my life, and I think it does in yours as well. You know, Scripture talks about a, a crown for those who love his appearing. 
Because we think often like, you know, Jesus can come at any time. Maybe today. Oh, I hope so. Uh, maybe next week, maybe this week after. Maybe I have trouble thinking in terms of next year right now. And for the first time in my life, you say, what are you saying, that rapture is going to happen this year? I never say that. I never say I, That's always my hope. But I always, in the back of my mind, thinking that, like, he could come. He could come anytime. So what is that? Does that have an effect on your life? It has to. It has to. It's a purifying effect. Do I ever say to Jesus, oh, whoa, 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 not this yet, will you? Just, you know, um, wait till my wife's black eye where I smacked her. Wait till that heals, right? That's, that's me. That's how I roll, right? No. If I ever thought about smacking Susan, I never have, frankly. I'm not sure if that's exactly true. I never have smacked her. Okay? Let's go with that, right? And, and would, would I, you know, be thinking in terms of like, if I'm, if I'm caught in like a, a, a web of like a pornography or lust or, or I had things in my life where it were really shameful behaviors, um, drug use or just some kind of, you know, I'm stealing from the company or just, just a lot of things that where a guy could mess up. Jesus, don't come back just yet till I get this straightened out. Well, I always think he's coming back and I always live straightened out. I, I, it's not that I don't sin because we've already found out in this, this brief epistle, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. But I have sin if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I, I encounter something in my life, and that ain't quite right. That isn't a good attitude. That's not reflecting you in your best light, Lord. And, and people are going to think that you're like that, and that I'm a hypocrite, and that, I, Lord, forgive me of this. Jesus could show up. It has a purifying effect. It does. Um, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We're going to see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him, do you have that hope in, in you? It purifies him, even as he is pure. Now, we're going to keep going with that idea, and, and much of this chapter is going to be on that. Christians behave different. We're trying to earn God's salvation. Oh, he's already adopted us into his forever family. There's no better love. He's already shown us that. It's not conditional love. Nothing's going to separate us from his love. Now, we're not earning his love, but we're his own children. Does this make a difference in our lives? And John's going to tell us, well, if it doesn't, you're probably on the outside looking in, and we'll, we'll explore that. But we're just kind of like the tip of the iceberg today. And then... You know, he's going to go on to say that. Whoso committeth sin transgresseth also the law. Sin is a transgression of the law. And he was manifest to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Whoso abideth in him sinneth not. Wait, what? Next week. <laughs> so be here, okay? We'll, we'll take that all up next time. So I ask our, uh, our worship lead, uh, leaders come, uh, our worship guys, and uh, we're going to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to dismiss on out of here. Man, big stuff, is it not? I, I told you, this is like, and I, I hope you didn't think I covered it, like in the sense of like, nailed it. No, there's, there's a lot here. But just think about this awesome love that God has for us. He didn't just rescue us from our own devices. He didn't just not cloud up and rain on us. He didn't just... give us what we deserve or not give us what we deserve. He adopted us into his forever family. Praise his holy name, Lord.
We bless you. We praise you. Being your son, no hardship. Being your daughter, what a blessing. Help us to reflect that. Help us to live in a way that puts you in the best light as a redeemer God that you are. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Grace and peace.